When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We're busy as beavers as we carve our wood with 1980s The Guardian. If ever there was an argument for extended clear cutting, this is it. We can rest easier knowing that the tremendous waste of non-renewable resources this piece of shit must have required. <laughs> Fucking bite it, nature. Adam's got the chainsaw ready and he's going to need it because Scott and I are pissed. Adam, what the fuck? Fuck! Why would you pick this? <laughs> Seriously, why? This I is going to be a really good explanation because he's probably got some like half-assed reason for for having this like, oh, I've never watched The Guardian, but I wanted to. Well, no, okay, here's the thing is um, I just finished it. I just finished it. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's nothing new. It was fucking trash. Like, that was so... <laughs> like, that was... <laughs> One of the stupidest things that, and like it's it's on, but I the reason that I picked it is because just I had like a vague childhood memory, yep. uh, right? Yeah, you're absolutely correct of of seeing this movie, and like I I don't know how eleven, twelve, thirteen year old me mustered up the attention span to to watch <laughs> this whole fucking thing because it is dry and shitty and boring. I think I just was remembering it fondly because there was a lot of nudity in it. Yeah, I, so I have I have six six notes, six <laughs> fucking notes for the entire movie. I was like sitting there, and it's funny because I was watching it. I uh, I watched it pretty late at night too. Like I came home early from something 
to watch this. <laughs> and, That's just insult to injury right there. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like looking at my notes and I'm thinking, I must be missing something. And then I like hop on the Wikipedia page and it's like, nope. Nope, there's so little that's happening in this movie between start and finish. There's a couple there, there's a couple like very very minor things that I enjoyed about this movie, but overall this was such a waste of time. This is from the guy <laughs> this is from the director of The Exorcist. This was his follow-up horror movie. Like so, I have a note about that. I think that I in my third note I'll give this movie credit for having a very competent director. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went back to finish that note. Like I did dot, 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 and then like that was a mistake was at the end of the film. Uh, is- well, it's it's not that it's like really, really poorly made. It's not like um- – No, it's actually sh- – like you can tell like the dude behind the camera knows what he's doing. Like it's well shot. It's even the acting's not bad. It's just that they're working with garbage. (laughs) Yeah, it's the script and and the editor, too. Whoever was editing this movie did a fucking piss-poor job. When when she kills the bikers, and it's that. No, 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 that's the highlight of the movie. Talk shit about that scene. That scene is worth watching this film. it's, It's the best part of the movie, but there's this cut near the end where... Where like you know he gets the spike coming out of the ground through his chest, yes. and then and then it cuts. It's a paraffin wax dummy. It's <laughs> on the dummy for a full second, and then it cuts again, and the dummy dummy's on fire. Like it's just like <laughs> so what? Are you trying to tell me not what happens when you get impaled by a tree? Like uh, I mean that's what happened last time I got impaled by a tree. I got lit on fire. So let me yeah. explain to you how garbage this movie is. All right. So as as I do whenever it's any movie that I've never seen before, I just buy it. So Screen Factory, yep. So Screen Factory recently put this thing out on Blu-ray, and Screen Factory, as both of you guys know, I fucking love Screen Factory, and I love that they put a ton of like special features and shit. This this Blu-ray release has interviews. That's it. No one came for commentary. No one came with deleted scenes. Nothing. It's just. An interview with the actors is all they could muster for this Blu-ray release. Which I'm actually impressed by the fact that any actor would be like, yeah, I was in this movie. I'm sure that there is deleted scenes because I guarantee there is like a half an hour cut of her just wandering around fucking naked doing nothing at all. (laughs) I don't don't actually know where to go from here. Are we going to go through what actually happens in this movie or no? Well, uh, I mean, I'll go like... through. I'll go through what I have. I because my okay. notes are essentially a plot summary. Before we get to that, I'm real. I, the, the first scene, I was like, Adam, I can't believe you picked this movie because you hate child actors. I thought the same thing because I was like, is this the main character of the movie? Because why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I kind of okay. So I was hoping against hope that the uh, that that it would be that she was trying to protect the child from some sort of other witch. But no, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, this is like the most straightforward plot we've ever discussed. There are a couple of things that were really on the nose at the very beginning. So you're, you're introduced to like the nanny. You don't see her face, obviously, because it's it's going to be the same chick. I mean, it's it's anybody with half a brain knows that. But they like 
have kind of this montage of the parents getting ready. And the mom, they're packing a suitcase, which I thought was weird. The mom packs, like, nothing in it. She packs a copy of Stephen King's It. <laughs> That's all she, I mean, I understand that book weighs 20 pounds, but you, there's other space in your suitcase. Uh, I just thought that was a little on the nose as far as, like, hey, we're a horror movie. Hey, we're relevant. It's yeah. 1990. It. We read it. Well, well like, and that's the like, thing. Like, usually when you have a scene like that, at the very least, like, bare minimum, the, uh, the script, like, the book has some type of foreshadowing to anything. Like, it doesn't yeah, really have that much of a, it's not that much foreshadowing. I'm sure there was a better book that they could have thought of, even by Stephen King. There, Yeah, there are a million ways that they could have done this better. I mean, I guess that's going to be our entire podcast this week is, like, how how much of a disappointment every decision they made was. Um, it's it's so, like, the Stephen King thing is really on the nose, but, like, the entire intro is so fucking ham-fisted with, like, uh, the little kid is reading um, Hansel oh, yeah, and Gretel. It's all about the yeah. woodcutter and the big fucking tree on the thing. And it's just, like, there's no subtlety to this what-so-fucking-ever. And then... And- it's that's the entire movie though. Like, there's nothing subtle about this film, and I'll get to that. But did you guys notice when the dad gives the belly kisses to the baby? That baby looks so unhappy. Like, who is this fucking stranger kissing my stomach? Stop it! Yeah, a little bit awkward. Just a little awkward. <laughs> and then, and then she whatever. So she fucking she steals the baby. She you turned into Duke for a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fucking whatever. She steals the fucking baby. Toss him in the muck. <laughs> it just fucking slams him in the muck. <laughs> uh, right? And then, um, so, like, she's in front of the tree, and she holds it up, and it's just the fucking editing again, because the baby's just like, bam, it's gone. It's disappeared from her hands. It's in the tree. Oh, yeah. I screamed, oh, my, out loud. I was like, oh. And then, this and then is so like, weird. I can't believe that baby disappeared. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You know this movie was, like, so tame, because it's 1990. And this is probably like a straight-to-cable type film, right? Because if this movie was made any time after like 1995, you know that baby was going to get graphically dismembered on screen, not just disappear like in the editing. I just I feel like 1990 was such a, a more innocent time. We're watching a legitimate horror film that Ernest Scared Stupid did the same thing but way creepier. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you mean the trolls in the tree? Yeah. That's like a direct reference. Oh <laughs> but it's done so much better than Scared Stupid. Seriously, Ernest Scared Stupid is like one of the best Halloween flicks ever. Meak. Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been Meak. great if, if Ernest was just gratuitously naked that whole time? This is like Ernest Scared Stupid mixed with Life Force is basically the best. What is it with you picking movies because of the nudity? It never pans out well for us. Well, actually, that nudity in Life Force panned out perfectly. You just aren't remembering correctly. All all eight minutes of it was fantastic. It was the other hour and 50 minutes that was the problem. The anticipation waiting for more nudity while we were watching Life Force made that film. Don't even – I mean and then there's the Patrick Stewart getting mouth kissed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so so we jump to three months later after this whole situation happens, uh, and that's where we meet this couple, and they're about to have a baby, and then they have a baby, and the baby won't stop crying, so they decide to get a nanny. 
<laughs> so basically you as a parent basically me as any human being near a child <laughs> um so god i'll pay money to get this thing to shut the fuck up so they they bring it down to two different nannies and then one dies in a horrible uh accident that was not expected like that that such a horrible death like on that giant aloe plant which i thought was very strange i was like is that aloe plant magical is she going to be healed of her wounds <laughs> nope and that was so so that first done. interview it, it was so fucking weirdly done where it's just like she's biking she gets hit by a car she's fucking dead and they're like oh i guess we got to do the other nanny i guess that's it. <laughs> it's like it's yeah it's one of those things where it's like man i don't know which one to choose and then heaven's like well problem solved i guess we know where to go (laughs) (laughs) i guess we'll pick the hot one so nobody's gonna talk about the fact that the first sitter interviewed was consuela from family guy (laughs) she's like no no There are actually four. There were four people they interviewed because the first one was Consuela. The second one was Dr. Pendishloss from Adam's family. The third <laughs> one was the brown girl who dies and gets laid up on the uh, aloe. And then the fourth one they picked. Yeah, the, you know. the British nanny. So yeah, the- it's so strange. When, when he w- they were talking about getting a nanny and she goes, no, I don't want to get a nanny. I, 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 you know, I'd rather work. And he goes – well, you, you can in two years. And she goes, okay, well, I've already been looking at nanny agencies. Like, she's got the fucking book open with <laughs> nanny agency circled in it. Like, you, you just said you didn't – okay, whatever. There's two things that happen fairly close to each other, and they're both equally bizarre. There's the scene that we mentioned briefly, which is my favorite part of the movie. It just says, in the woods, nanny is harassed by three thugs, and then they're killed by the tree – and it's awesome. Um, but, but it's also followed like almost immediately by this really weird scene where, you know, anybody who's a parent that's listening to this show, I want to know if you caught your nanny just taking a bath with your oh, child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so that's not the only weird thing that happens in that scene. <laughs> There's the a dad? lot of weird, but that like particularly and the fact that she's like totally fine that the dad's just like chilling in the doorway watching no no, wait wait the dad is totally culpable here paul um so this is this movie is so dumb um so paul is walking around topless like it's not that hot in california is it like in the middle of the night so this is also happening he can't sleep and so he's gonna go storyboard for his job topless um and then he's like oh I hear Camilla splashing around taking a bath. I'm going to go investigate while I'm only wearing pants. And so he, like, watches her, and then she sees him, and she's like, oh, that's sexy. Let me continue to wash your baby. Um, And then she gets out. She gives it to him. She doesn't even care about him seeing her tits, whatever. And and, and this harkens back to to the the, the wife being like, oh, yeah, so you like pretty one. I'm like, oh, God, can you just smash me in the face with the whole point of, like, Camilla being sexy, I, I get it. I, I personally didn't find her that attractive, but, I mean, she is the one walk, waltzing around completely naked. So then she decides to towel off in the sexiest porn way possible. Like, one leg up. She's like, I'm shy. Let me show you my butthole. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and he's just like, nice. He's just watching from the corner again. Just no shirt. And then later on, he keeps walking around at night with no shirt on. Even after Camilla kind of comes on to him. So Paul's just a jackass. Just total jackass move. 
But we're missing a couple things here. Before the, uh, I want to just do a quick little note by note on the the murders at the tree. So the pace, I was like, man, I, the, this pacing sucks. But I foresee numerous dream sequences um, that that harkens back to later when Paul does actually fuck Camilla when he's having sex with his wife. But it's possibly a dream. I don't, you don't actually know if that's real or not. But that doesn't come. They, if she's a witch and she's like trying to get on his good side or something, that's never revisited, which is just odd. I, I think I feel like it's just an excuse, another excuse for her to be topless. Um, but she has the crazy eyes, so there's no sexiness to it. She's just like ah, staring at the screen, like I'm gonna rip your penis off. So anyway, back to the whole point of what I'm getting at here. These asshole bikers are ridiculous. What is that knife? Like he's just. Like, what is their point? Are they gonna rape and murder her? Do they just want to brutalize her? What do they want with this child? Because the two bikers are like, yeah, yeah, fuck her up. But, like, are you are you going to cut her and then rape her? Like, well, I don't understand what their thought process is. They have no motive. And then the third guy's like, come here, baby. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this going to be like a Serbian film type baby? Or is this going to be like he just wants to sell it to a foster home or raise it to be a some sort of biker gang baby? Who knows? But... <laughs> They've got their like little biker gang mascot now, <laughs> like a little baby. Yes, baby. That, that I'm sure these guys will do a great job racing. But anyway, so the one guy gets fucking decapitated by the tr- the tree, and I was like, tree decapitation, dude. That is the best of all the deaths. That is the best one. That is one of the better decapitations we've had this calendar year. It's <laughs> August. And we're getting an awesome decapitation, one of the best decapitations of the year. Scott, the are, you implying, guy, are you implying that we could, in January, do a best of of just, like, best decapitation in the calendar year? Do you realize how hard you just made me? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a list of, like, ten decapitations, and the top five are all uh, the waxwork. <laughs> yeah, well, that was much. last calendar year. I'm sorry. That one doesn't count. Oh, <laughs> Well, uh, so up there for this year would have to be uh, the one from the 80s that Adam picked that he saw the preview for. Oh, uh, Spookies? With... No, hell no, he didn't pick Spookies. We picked Spookies as a group. <laughs> no, it's only that Howard is like the jack. Oh, the... oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, evil speak. Evil speak. <laughs> oh, man. Esteban! Esteban! I was anyway. thinking, I was like, yeah, yeah, that movie's title had nothing to do with what was going on in the movie. I was trying to remember what it was. was like, it should have actually just been called Esteban. <laughs> like, yeah, it should have been. With like four but, exclamation so, points. That would have been the other best kid decapitation of 2016. But so another guy gets fucking eaten by the tree. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. They're going to make the baby disappear, but they're going to graphically show a guy getting like chopped on by a, by a living tree. That was awesome. And then another guy gets impaled and then burned. And I was like, holy shit, amazing. And then right after that, I was like, man, this movie's going to suck for the next 40 minutes because there's no yeah. way that you can go back. You can't go up from there. But then the architect is really pushy. And I was like, he's going to get tree murdered. But he doesn't, which sucks. So this film, this gets to the whole point of what I'm leading up to here. It it it, it was really bugging me. And I'm at, what, like the 50-minute, hour-long, hour long hour uh, like 60 minute mark and I realized what's bugging the piss out of me is this movie is like really male gaze oriented it's all over Camilla because like there's female jealousy where the wife is like oh you're just picking the pretty one and then someone else makes like some shitty comments about her being pretty and then like all the guys 
like the dad fantasizing about banging her, and then the gang rape threat from the biker, and then the obsessive architect, and he like goes out to look for her after telling the wife, he's like, oh yeah, we were like, we were gonna go out. I mean, not really, but I kind of imply it to Camilla, thinking that she's smart enough to get my hints. And then he just goes out to look for her because the mom is like, well, she said she's gonna go window shopping, and he's like, oh well, yeah, we're gonna go out. Let's go find each other. And then he, you know, gets, um, he gets eaten by wolves, but then it magically erases all the blood. And I'm like, oh, that's how she's been cleaning the house this whole time. That was the <laughs> only loose end that got cleared up for me in this whole fucking film. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty much my next note. At a party, their friend starts to flirt with Carmela, but she clearly declines. Then he follows her into the woods, and he's freaked out by her being molested by a tree, and then is chased by uh, a bunch of wolves. And, like, that's that's also that awkward. Her dragged just, so long. Yeah. That was just that, – that scene – well, this movie's really not that long, which is crazy because <laughs> it feels like an eternity when you're watching it. Wait, how long was it? you got to give me a runtime. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was – 92 minutes. Yeah, 92 minutes. It was just over an hour and a half. Man, this is like – this felt longer than most things we've watched recently. It was – painful it's because so little happens in between the few good moments okay so the nerd the nerd guy gets killed the architect guy gets killed but he right? leaves a voicemail he does leave yeah. a voicemail which but, leaves hello, the 911. i just watched a sexy woman turn into a tree but there's a thing though that the the the, the cuts are awful in that scene too because like she 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 finds the tree's butthole and she washes herself with it and, and you find out that it has healing properties and then, like, it's like it's her, and then it's 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 her made out of a, out of wood, and then he gets eaten. Cor- correct. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fuck you. <laughs> I don't. What did you want me to say? I don't know. What you, what you... So, so there's something that's important that we should mention. Um, the the current director was not the original plan director. Uh, the original goal was actually to get Sam Raimi to direct this movie. Uh, and he the, evil, the, the, the vines in this are the exact opposite of the Evil Dead vines, yeah. though. He dropped out of it to do uh, Darkman. But I feel like... I feel like we missed out. Because I feel like Sam Raimi would have put the level of fun that this movie desperately needed. Because there's no sense of humor to this movie. <laughs> I don't know, man. I really don't know if you could if you could make this movie fun ever. There's I don't even know if there's any way possible to make this movie less than a pain. Yeah, I feel like Sam Raimi would have looked back on that with tons of regret. It would have just been a fucking stain on his career. He's, he's but this movie is <laughs> because loved. he's had this so, movie has he's had so few stains on his career. Oh no, he's a, don't get me wrong. He's a fucking hack. We've cle- we've covered that pretty well. <laughs> This this movie has yeah, so many people who love it though, week. like love it. It has a cult fucking following. Like there's a reason, yeah. Like there's a reason. There's a reason Scream Factory put it out. They don't put out just any garbage. They usually it's sure. like oh it's like a movie that has like a cult following, so we'll throw this out there. But Jesus Christ, this fucking movie. Um, okay, so after after the architect gets killed, I'm just gonna read these notes because I I've got this note so. So it just occurred to me that this movie really shouldn't even exist, okay? If she just plans to kill the baby on a specific day or a time frame, 
then why does she bother infiltrating these families and lulling them Holy into shit. this false, false sense of security? Whether She's got all these crazy woodland powers. She got into the architect's house even though he locked all the doors and shit. Why doesn't she just come in and take the fucking baby on the day that she needs to and avoid all this stupid bullshit with the agency and her getting caught in lies and shit like that? Just go in, get the baby, that's it. You're good. Man, you just blew my mind, friend. <laughs> um all right yeah no this movie's fucking terrible uh the only well, other the only other note i have really is because like i said there's like four plot points in this movie uh the next day phil receives a call from the woman in the beginning of the movie uh saying that she's pretty sure that carmela is the person who kidnapped her child he also hears the voicemail from his friend that's when they fire carmela uh, and they think that they've killed her, and then she comes back as a half-woman, half-tree, and Phil cuts down the tree in the woods, which causes her to, like, lose her limbs because she is part of the tree. Hey, I just, I just, yes, that is the very predictable and anticlimactic ending to this film. Um, hey, Adam, do you notice what Matt was calling the witch, the guardian? Carmella? It's Camilla. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> this is it's fucking Amarto all over again. It's, well, no, I actually have something that I can uh, – not a good defense, but defensible. Uh, Caramello is what? Well, because I'm watching I'm, I'm watching wrestling right now and the woman wrestler Carmella oh is on God. TV. <laughs> shut that shit off for 45 minutes. Uh, not n- not to talk about The Guardian, I can't. This is based <laughs> on a book. This is based- I don't I just, want to read that book. I just saw that on Wikipedia, based on The Nanny by Danny Greenberg. Uh, I'm sure the book has way more going on in it. This movie feels so streamlined and just, like, there's nothing. There's nothing to it. It's like two, Roger three Eber set put, pieces. Roger That's Ebert it. put it on his most hated list. Well, what? then there we go, man. I believe him. Yeah, that all makes – that all tracks as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It makes total sense. Adam – I know that you've sent us a list of some of the movies that you want to pick next time. Can we please make it a, can we please make it a rule that you have to pick movies that you've seen at least once in your life? <laughs> no, yeah, because but... it's so much funnier this way. <laughs> we we've been doing this a long time, man. We watched a lot of fucking movies. So. <laughs> All right, you guys got anything more to say, or can we talk about what we watched this week? Oh, let's get on to the good stuff. Oh, I just wanted to say there's a scene where the baby gets sick and then it smash cuts to that baby looking dead as fuck on that table. <laughs> um, and the doctor the doctor grabs his little arms and lifts it up and he turns around and goes, what is this, baby even lift? What is going on here? <laughs> Someone get it some muscle milk. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. 
and now you know. Was that enough references? <laughs> All right, you guys, uh, you guys go ahead because I've got two big ones to end on. Adam and I are gonna just fucking train all over the Stranger Things shit. Yeah, we uh, we uh, both fucking slam back Stranger weeks. Things. Oh yeah, no, and uh, it's it's Matt. I don't know what you're doing. You gotta get on that, man, because it's so good, so good. I'm told that it's literally love. if Steven Spielberg directed a Stephen King novel is how someone des- described it to me. Yeah, and if Stephen King figured out how to write a proper ending and do things, yes, properly. that's exactly <laughs> what I was to say. But Stranger Things is, like, succinct. It's got great kid acting. And it, I, I was actually really shocked. I asked Adam um, if he'd – or maybe he mentioned it to me and then I asked him on the side if he watched it. And then we were like, dude, so good. And uh, I was shocked because you know how much I love child swearing. This Stranger Things is pretty much 50% child swearing, which is just perfect. But um, I, Adam hates child acting. This is the, This is, like, basically the thing that – he hates that he loves. It's so well done that even Adam was won over by it. Yeah, I I, I had really no issue with the child actors for ninety percent of the time when they were like uh, when they were like happy and excited and having a good time. They kind of started to grate on me a little bit. But that's because um, you hate joy. So, so, yeah, you I, hate fun. I, I, I saw joy in a child's face, and I was like, I wish I could stop that somehow. I wish I could keep that child from being happy. Your your uh, hand unexplainably starts to ball up, and you don't know why. <laughs> and, and he just wishes he could smash an ice cream on the ground. He's like, you kids got ice cream? Fuck you. Fuck your ice cream. No. No. Adam, I'm so glad that we could agree on Stranger Things just, just killing it. And it was eight episodes long, so it was about seven hours worth of, of material. Perfect. It was the perfect length. If it would have been 13 episodes, it would have dragged in the middle. Yeah. And uh, I, I crushed it in one day. I, like somebody or Andy. Andy was like, hey, uh, if you haven't seen this yet, I just watched the first episode the other night, and it was really great. We're going to get into it. And then eight hours later, I was like, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it took us, I think it only took Megan and I three days, which is like that's us binging, you know. That's us watching like two, maybe two and a half episodes a day, which is crazy for us. So the problem for me was that it came out literally while I was um, at SDCC. Yeah, I was at San Diego Comic Con as it came out, so it was like yeah. shit. Like I, I could see everybody raving about it while I was manning a booth, for, but. That was about it. I definitely want to eventually get around to seeing it so that I have cool things to talk to my coworkers oh, wait. about. But wait, wait, it's got to be after wrestling's done, though. Yep, pretty much. Hey, man, God, you're so fucked. You got the things that you like. I got the things I like. <laughs> On top of watching Stranger Things, I also watched Batman vs Superman: The Ultimate Edition. I didn't watch the theatrical version um, because I was I heard that it's going to be shit. And I was really turned off by the previews and the fact that they showed Doomsday in the previews. I thought that was poor, poor editing choices right there. But then people on Reddit were saying that a lot of their problems, I mean not all of their problems, but uh, um, the majority of their issues with the theatrical version are fixed by that extra 20 minutes that were added into the director's cut, which is the ultimate edition. Uh, so I watched it and it's not bad. It's not as good as Civil War, but it is light years better than Age of Apocalypse. Or, I'm sorry, X-Men Apocalypse. So, I mean, solid 7. You know? Like, if Apocalypse was a 5.5 and 
and you get like a nine for Civil War, Batman versus Superman, it did turn out to be pretty fun. My only real gripe with it is that uh, I really can't stand Jesse Eisenberg's uh, version of, of Lex. It's very educated by how popular Heath Ledger's Joker was, and it's not Lex should not be Joker. Lex should be Lex. So that's all. That's all I got. Um, if you guys want to shit on me for watching that, you're welcome to. No, I watched it, and I watched X Men Apocalypse too. So we're both losers. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> did you, did you, um, you, well, we talked about how disappointed we were with X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, but already. I had so much more fun watching X Men Apocalypse than I did BBS. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I guess like that. both. They're they're very different tone wise you know oh yeah yeah ben affleck is a great batman i'm still trying to get megan on board with that she's not hearing it yet and i think the gal gadot is a great great casting for uh for wonder woman i'm super stoked for the wonder woman movie now but i think that they didn't really have i understand there's an ensemble cast for for x-men apocalypse but they underutilized uh, Dr. X and uh, Professor X and, and Magneto they underutilized uh, Dr. McTaggart they uh, they overutilized that whole scene with uh, they overpowered Quicksilver like nothing on earth would ever happen nothing bad would ever happen he'd just be like okay I got it taken care of yeah, he's I'll, so I'll, overpowered I'll run in and I'll fix it well I mean fuck off you, you like you don't uh don't read the Flash and Speed Force and all that shit. Oh. Going on. <laughs> yeah, well, oh man, the, the Flash is only as fast as the as the plot requires. Well, in uh, in X Men Apocalypse, fucking Quicksilver was as quick as the plot required, or else all of our cast would be dead. They'd you know, I'd be glad that they all died because they were worthless. Seriously, <laughs> all those kids were worthless. You don't even get to see Jubilee fight. That was my biggest qualm with it, was that you don't get to see the fireworks kid. Well, uh, I, I had the same sentiment, but just in very different ways when I was watching both Apocalypse and Batman versus. So, I'm oh, X-Men Apocalypse, I was laughing, I was yucking it up, I was like, this is fucking ludicrous. And then, <laughs> and then Batman versus Superman, I was like, head and hands, I was like, this is fucking ludicrous. What the <laughs> shit is going on? What? So I was like... But that scene where Amy Adams is in the bathtub, it's real good. Yeah, it had some redeeming stuff. Anyways, Matt, what did you uh, what did you watch? <laughs> All right, so this was the week of me watching unnecessary remakes. Um, so earlier earlier in this episode, I made a comment that Scream Factory would never put out just a bad movie. There would always be a reason to do that. Uh, I immediately realized that I need to revoke that statement because I watched the. Cabin Fever remake that came out this past year that, yeah, that is a shot for, well, no, they advertise it as a shot for shot remake of Cabin Fever, Um, but it's definitely a reinterpretation of the original script. Uh, It is the the remake that nobody wanted. Um, It literally takes any of the good things that were in the original Cabin Fever, like, I don't know, fun and jokes, and removes them all entirely. Uh, it's just treated like a very serious horror movie, which is not what made me enjoy the first Cabin Fever movie, even a little bit. Uh, the casting's garbage. It's 
just trying to be gorier than the original Cabin Fever. Like that seems to be its only main goal, uh, and and that's it. Like it, it's just not very good. I don't recommend it to really anyone. Uh, it's worth watching, I guess, just for for like if you're curious to see how differently someone can do the same script, which I'm pretty sure is what the whole intention of it was. But it's it's just not it's not good. Additionally, I went to see the Ghostbusters movie in theaters. It's pretty bad. Like it's and and I see a lot of people hopping online defending it and I get why they're defending it and I don't want to take away from them the reasons why they like the movie and why the movie's important to them. And I will say that the casting is fantastic. If they made a sequel to this movie, I would absolutely see the sequel because the cast is really good in the new Ghostbusters movie. The problem, the scripting and the plotting is horrendous in this movie. And the only way that I can really get into this deeper is going to involve some spoilers. But, uh, you know, that's a risk I'm going to take because I don't ever want us to discuss this movie (laughs) on the podcast as an actual pick. Um, So the biggest issue I think with this movie is that they don't, acknowledge that the original universe of Ghostbusters existed. It starts completely from scratch, which is fine, except that all it does is throw winks and nods and nudges to the fact that it's a remake of Ghostbusters. They get as many original Ghostbusters cast members to make cameos as they possibly could, and in all of their cameos, they're usually quoting a famous line from Ghostbusters. Uh, so dumb. There's scenes where they videotape themselves busting ghosts and put it on YouTube and then complain that the YouTube comments are saying that women can't fight ghosts. Like, it is so fucking aware of what it is that it's infuriating. And I'm sure that there's people who think that that is cute and funny, but it's bad, lazy script writing 110%. They also don't really end anything. Uh, There's a scene where a character is attacked by a ghost in their offices and flies out a window and falls to their death. The next scene, the police are there and they're talking to the Ghostbusters about the murder charges that they are clearly up against. Uh, And they say, we didn't do it, a ghost did it. To which a cop responds, oh yeah, Patrick Swayze came in and threw this guy out the window. And then they're like, yeah, he came out, and they just start making references to the movie Ghost, and they start making references to the movie Roadhouse, and that's supposed to be the whole joke, is how many Patrick Swayze references can they put in this two-minute scene, and then it jumps to the next scene, and it's never talked about again. Like, apparently they just made Swayze references until the murder charges disappeared, and, like, that's perfectly fine. Additionally, there's, like, this, the, the character played by Leslie Jones, uh, is working in the subway and she sees a ghost so she calls the ghostbusters and then she brings the ghostbusters to the subway and with the ghostbusters she fights the ghost and then she wants to join the ghostbusters and she gets them a hearse to drive around in and she gets them jumpsuits so that they look like they're like a team all right all of that is important because on their very first mission she has a line of dialogue that is so fucking not her character that it's mind-boggling and she says i thought i was signing up for a book club and now they got me down here hunting ghosts 
No, like you fought a you fought fucking ghosts before signing up. Like it's one of those things where it's like we're so we're trying so hard to make this character the female uh, Winston that we're just going to give her dialogue that would fit with Winston, even though it doesn't make any sense for her character to be speaking that dialogue at this given moment. It's just so fucking self masturbatory with how uh, forward thinking it is. That it doesn't even take the time to actually think out a solid plot line throughout the movie. It just is throwing shit on the wall and hoping for the best. But I would see a sequel. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> like, it's, the cast is awesome. The special effects I really enjoyed. And I feel like in the hands of any other director besides Paul Figg, which kills me to say because I love Freaks and Geeks, but Paul Figg is a pretty garbage director all in all. That movie could have been so much better. Yeah, don't hold your breath for a sequel, Matt, because uh, it did not make its money back. <laughs> no, no, it did not. Yes. So that was The Guardian from 1990, picked by Adam, because he's an asshole who likes to torture us. <laughs> You're welcome. You're both welcome. <laughs> uh, you can also be an asshole and torture us by sending us requests at hmnpodcast.gmail.com. Also, you can go on iTunes and subscribe, give us some ratings and reviews, even subscribe on the SoundCloud page and a bunch of other places. We love hearing from you guys, so please feel free to email us, even if it's not a movie pick, you just want to tell us how wrong I am about Ghostbusters 2016 or, or how much the guardian meant to you as a kid and how it's your favorite movie and we're a bunch of assholes, all that good jazz. Tell us how wrong we are. We like being told that we're wrong. Just don't say that the show would be better without me. Cause I'm the only one that hasn't gotten told that so far on the show. <laughs> I'd like to keep that going. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Um, I've heard about this thing where women are crazy after they have a baby, so maybe that's what it was. That's maybe it was postpartum. Uh, so let's, Matt, let's edit talk that about. <laughs> Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 